Welcome to the Foundry Church Podcast, helping you to forge a lifelong reliance on God. To find out more about the Foundry Church or how to get involved, visit us at thefoundrychurch.com. It is great to be here today, and you might be looking around and you might be thinking, hey, where's this couple, where's that couple, where's this couple and that couple? Here's the thing. If you haven't heard, right, a couple, what is it, a week ago, what day? Do we know what day? I forget what day. Thursday, Stephen and Bridge Petco had their little baby girl. All right, so that's exciting. All right, a little baby girl. They named Leah. All right, Leah. That's the aunt right here, so she knows. All right. And then on Wednesday of this last week, David and Tyler, uh, they had their little girl, um, Ezra, uh, this Wednesday. So the hospitals are full with the foundry people. And then also, uh, if you haven't heard, the uh, last February we preached a series of sermons about uh, marriage and relationships, and we encouraged many of our couples to go to a, a retreat called A Weekend to Remember, and that was this weekend. So there are still couples that are, that are there, that are learning, that are digging into their relationship uh, in this, this conference, in this ministry. It was up on the Bay in Maryland. Christina and I were up there. Uh, we came back last night. Uh, Bo and Victoria were there. They came back this morning, and there's still ones up there. Uh, Christina, at this marriage conference, I do got to admit, got a little mad at me, and she threw something at me, and it cut me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. That's a complete lie. But I did cut my finger in the last session, and I wanted to tell everybody that I got bit by a crab, or clawed by a crab because it's on, it was on the bay, uh, the Chesapeake Bay, but uh, uh, I was trying to open up some, some snacks and some medicine with my pocket knife, and it slipped. And so... I have stitches. I have six stitches, and I wanted to tell Christina it was all her fault. She got mad at me at the conference, but, but it was a good thing. The conference was great. It is worthwhile. We are going to promote the next time that it's in the area. Uh, they do it every year somewhere nearby in the Virginia area, in the Maryland, uh, Baltimore, Chesapeake Bay area. It is worthwhile. Whether you've been married for a year, whether you've been married for 50, 60, 70 years, or whether you're, uh, you're dating and you're, you're engaged, it is worth the investment. It's worth the time. And so we're going to keep encouraging that. A weekend to remember. Now, that's out of the way. Be praying for those families with the new little ones that they have. It's an exciting time for them and an exciting time for us. Our nursery is about to be loaded. <laughs> All right. I want to start by saying this quote. Our author and theologian Francis Chan, he, he said this. Go ahead and throw that up there. The Christian life is like a balance beam routine done before the judge. Right? It's, it's like a balance beam routine, like uh, in the Olympics, right? The, uh, the, the balance beam where they're flipping and they're, they're twisting and they're doing all kinds of, of things up there on this little beam that's the size of our phone. Right? He says one of the, the most amazing things... Right, Francis Chan says one of the most amazing things that happens when someone becomes a Christian, when they give their life to Christ, is that they, they come out of the gate. Right? They, they jump into the field. They jump up on that bean. Uh, they, 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 they get ready to take great risks for God. Right? They're, they're, they're there and they're excited and they're pumped and, and ready to, to do this amazing routine for God. Right, they get up there, they're doing, they're doing tricks, and, and they're doing backflips and spins and all the things we see when we watch that in the Olympics. 
But once they get up there, time starts to tick. And it's quick, right? And it's quick, right? And, and something happens over time. Things get a little rocky, a little unstable, and they realize that the risks of doing the flips and the twists and the, I don't even know my, my gymnastic terms, but like the turns and stuff, it's just too much for them. And so they go like this. They go like this. Oh, this is just a little nuts. Right, this is crazy. I'm on this thing, like the, the width of my cell phone, and I'm doing flips, and I'm doing crazy things. And, and they start out with this amazing, amazing routine that they're doing with their life. Right, this amazing thing that they're doing for the kingdom of God and, and the excitement that they have when they first gave their life to Christ, and then they change it. Right, they, they change it, and, and this is how they finish the routine. Right? Just, just in a ball. Right, crouched, hugging the beam, and just, just scared to move and, and taking all caution, right? They say, they, I'm not going to do anything crazy anymore. Right? I'm just going to hold on. I'm just going to hold the beam and, and not move. Right? That's what they look like and they sound like. Like they're, they're hugging the balance beam. Right? I'm not going to do anything crazy. I'm not, I'm not just going to have my nice little family. Right? I'm, I'm going to keep to myself. I'm going to keep my family to ourselves. We're going to live in a, a gated community in our own little bubble. We're not going to risk or have an adventure. Uh, we're going to wear helmets everywhere we go. Right? I'm not going to let the kids outside because the sun has bad rays. On and on and on, right? We could keep going. And eventually, right, we become like this. I just don't want to do anything crazy for God. I just don't want to do anything let alone crazy for God. Right? I just want to sit there and, and crouch and hug the beam as tight as I can. I just want to go to church on Sunday and, and give like, like 2% and, and maybe help in the nursery because I feel a little guilty. And then even to make it worse, we get to this point where we're like, God, I would just love it if I were to die in my sleep. Right? At the end of my life, just, you know, after all my, my boxes are checked, after all my agenda is done, after all my ducks are in a row with, with insurance or whatever, I would just want to die in my sleep, go to heaven, and not feel a thing, right? Easy peasy, lemon squeezy, right? That's what we get to. And, and so, so we want to die like this, just, just slowly fading away off the beam, Right? No, no risk, fading away while, while dreaming, no pain at all. And then suddenly we wake up. Right? We, we wake up and we, we stand before the judge and we go like this. Victory. That's right. right? I don't know what the, the, the victory pose is. Yeah, spirit fingers. That's what, that's what Kirsten's doing, right? right? We go, we, we get there and we stand before the judge and we go, yes! All right, and this is what we do, and that's crazy, guys, that's crazy, Foundry Church. Right? Can you imagine watching the Olympics each year, and they announce a world champion uh, gymnast from Russia, usually, and the girl gets up on the balance beam, and, and she just hugs it, <laughs> right? She just hugs it, and then as the time ends, she steps off, and she goes, <laughs> victory, right? Right, what's the judge supposed to do on the scorecard? 
Right? Well, what's the judge supposed to do with that? And listen, Foundry Church, this is the routine that so many followers of Christ, so many people who are forging their life on Christ are doing right now. Right? And maybe, maybe some of us even in this room or, or, or watching online, right? It's like this. It's, it's like this. We say, I just don't want to take any risks or make any sacrifices because I don't want to fall. I don't want to fall, so I'm just going to hug. I'm, going to, I'm just going to hold tight, be still, not take any chance. And then one day, right, we say that, and then we're going to, we're going to be in a, a shock, right? Because cause we're going to step off that balance beam, and we're going to realize that we're standing before the judge, before our God that we're forging our life on, and, and you think he's going to look at that routine, and he's going to say, Wow! Well done, right? You did it. You lived the, the safest, easiest life possible. You made the, the least amount of sacrifices possible. You took the least amount of risks. Bravo. Well done. You see, that's the problem, right? That's the, that's the kind of routine the majority is embracing. That's the where, where we're headed, where, where, where they're headed. It's where we're headed if we're just not careful, intentional and how we we put hammer to the anvil and and forge our life on God but but I want you to lean in here Foundry Church I I want you to think about this because God doesn't want us to go where the majority is going right He, he wants us to live our best life right and that is not the easiest of lives but it's a life that is forged on God the best way that we can live the way that we were created to live. And so let's think about it all like this and, and kind of peel the onion this way to get started here. Right? When, the, when the early church, right, the church that was started by Jesus, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and before he ascended back into heaven after, after spending some time here on earth with his disciples, he commissioned them to start the early church. Right? You can read about it in the book of Acts. Right? And one of, the, one of the greatest challenges the apostle Paul who like wrote most of the book of Acts, or right, or the, the New Testament, recording the early churches. I, uh, the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest challenges that he faced was helping new Christians develop a heart for generosity, right? And that is completely and absolutely normal, right? In the process of someone uh, initially forging their life on God, giving their life to Christ, accepting His salvation, uh, giving sacrificially is usually the last thing that happens just because, like we've talked about in the last couple weeks, giving is hard, right? Let alone giving and generosity that transforms, right? And and so I'm going to start to dig into it this week. And then like Christina said at the beginning of the service, Ryan's going to take over next week and he's going to wrap it up. And we're going to dig further into this about how and, and why we are called to give, and so I, I want to start uh, today in this process uh, by saying this, right, by just kind of putting it all into context, right? What happens? What happens when we give to the local church that we're a part of, right? And so think about it like this, right? In the, the beginning of human history, right? The, the beginning of human history is recorded in the first few chapters of the Bible, in the book of Genesis. It is a story of a man 
a story of a woman, a snake, and a tree. It's a fast-moving story that we know, right? In a mere 798 words, um, right, we go from absolutely nothing to something out of nothing. 798 words in the beginning of the story, we go from absolutely nothing to something being created out of nothing. There's suspense, there's, there's drama, there's action, there's adventure, there's betrayal, right? The, the first man, he sets out to, to name the first animals. I think an amazing job, right? That would be very fun, right? He, he meets the first woman, he works the first job, uh, he commits the first sin, right? And just dropped right into that story is a remarkable principle that shapes, that, that creates, that is a part of the identity of every human being who has ever lived, right? including us, because we're living, right? It's a part of us, right? Listen, and this is great, right? God created the tomato plant, and he created the great sequoia tree out west, Right? Right? He, he made zebras, he made eagles, he made swordfish, he made ladybugs, he created the birds of the air, the, the beasts of the field, and the fish of the sea. But the pinnacle, right? the, the pinnacle of his creation was a man and a woman. The pinnacle of his creation and the fingerprint of God was placed on those first human beings extends to us here today. The fingerprints of God. Right, take a look, right? You were created in the image of God. You were created in the image of God, right? In Genesis, the book of beginnings tells it this way. If you have your Bible, go ahead and, and crack them open to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Now, if you don't have a Bible, you can use the Bible's that are in the seats in front of you, and you can take those with you. They are free for you to take, to use, to have, to give away, um, and you can even download the Foundry Burke app on that QR code on the back of the chairs and uh, click the Bible tab along with announcements on there and sign-ups and everything that's going on. There's a Bible tab. You click that, and today's scripture is already pulled up for us. So if you're watching at home and you want a Bible, let us know. We can send you one or download the Foundry Burke app. All right, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 27 says this. It says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image, right, to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Listen, it might be tempting for us just to go ahead and close our Bibles and just kind of brush past such a, a familiar verse and lose the significance of this message. But listen, again, I don't want us to miss this. All right, take a look. Everyone... Everyone on the planet, uh, no matter their age, 
young, just born like some of our, our babies right now, right? Or, or, or past 100, right? I don't know how old the oldest human being is. Everybody on the planet, right, of every age, every color, right, male and female was formed in the very image of God. Right, in the very image of God, they were formed right, at the start of the greatest story ever told. At the beginning of all is one of the greatest truths that we could ever hear. We were made in God's likeness. Don't brush past that. His, his fingerprints are all over us, right? We differ from every other created being because we were created in the image of of the creator. And what we read in Genesis, before the forbidden fruit and the lie, the shameful hiding and the, the curse are the first words that God said about us. And again, right? You are created to resemble me. You're created in my image of the triune God. I'm sure. All right, sure. You're thinking, eh, but the picture's a little blurred, Right? I'm looking at the guy over on the other side of the room, and the picture's a little blurred, right? That's what you're thinking, right? Sure, right? Sin, sin has messed with the picture, right? The, the image is a little distorted, but it's still there, right? The, the image has been blurred, but the divine mark from God himself still exists. The fingerprints of God are all over you. They're all over you, right? You were created with, with the potential to exhibit the characteristics of the one whose mark we bear, the, the, the one whose mark we carry with us, right? Take a, take, take a look at this. Think, think of it like this, right? God is love, so we love, right? Uh, the God that we're forging our life on, he is, he's kind, so we're kind. Right? Uh, the God that we're forging our life on, he, he, he's joy, and so we're joyful. Right? He's fun, so we're fun. Right? God is king, and so we're royalty. God is, God is powerful, and so we're powerful. And on and on we can go, including this. Right? God gives, so we're called to be generous. Right? God, God is the ultimate giver, and so because of that characteristic in him and because we're created in his image, we're called to be generous as well, transforming generosity. Now, you might be saying, hold up, wait a minute, Andrew, you're not putting a little groove in it, right? <laughs> it might be, hey, just, just pump the brakes here for a moment, right? You might be asking this question. Are you saying, what does the image of God, right, being created in the image of God, have to do with, with Christian generosity? Right? That's a logical question, and I'm glad that you're, you're thinking that, hopefully, right? Because the answer is this, plenty. Right? Being created in the image of God has plenty to do with transforming generosity, Right, Romans chapter 8, verse 32 describes a generous God who wants to graciously bless his children. Right, later on in, in the New Testament, James chapter 1, verse 17 reminds us that every good and perfect gift comes from God. 
John chapter 3, verse 16 in the Gospels, it teaches us that God gave his only son uh, to that, that whoever might believe in him shall have what eternal life. So how generous is God? He gave his only son. His only son. Right? He, he went to the cross for us. Right? This, is, this is beautiful. Right? And this is, this is powerful. Right? This, is, this is powerful stuff, right? When you were knitted together in your mother's womb, being formed in the image of God, you were wired in part for generosity. While you were being knitted together, being created, you were in part created for generosity. In a tangible and intentional way, you are made for it. Right? God's generous nature is imprinted on your soul. It's imprinted on your soul. Right? When, you see, when you see things like hunger, uh, injustice, inequality, uh, just these things around the world or just even on your street, right? In the community that you live in or in your family, uh, the part of you that is touched when you see these things, the part of you that is touched or moved or, or disturbed by, by what you see is the part of your heart that is beating Right in tune with God's heart. It's why we serve. It's why we give. Right, you are wired to care when you see those things, and it has nothing to do with tax deductions. Right, it has nothing to do with an Instagram post that that might look good. Right, it has nothing to do with that because you were formed in the image of God. Your heart just just naturally beats in rhythm with God's heart. That's, that's huge. Right? Hey, when you give, you do more than meet the needs of the church. Right? Sure, the lights are on. Right? We paid the bill. Right? It's important. Right? But when you give, right, you do more than meet the needs of the church. And so I want you to, I want you to listen, and I just want you to lean in here. All right? When you give, you make a choice to take on the resemblance of the one who first breathed life into you. <laughs> you're acting it out. You're doing what you were created to do in part, right? You're taking on the resemblance of your king, of your Lord, of your God. Right? When you give, you fulfill a part of the divine purpose that God has for your life and the divine purpose that God has for the world as a whole. Not just some, some foreign missions, but in your family, on your street, in your community, in your neighborhoods, right? In your schools, in your workplaces, Man, in your church and in those missions around the world. You're created to do and to give and to be a part of that. You didn't just support something. You took a tangible uh, step to fulfill your created purpose. That is what happens when you give. And that's why we give. And look at, real quick, uh, thumb over to Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 10. It says this, For we 
are God's masterpiece. We're, we're art hanging in an art gallery. Right? We are God's masterpiece. He was created, He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that He planned for us long ago. Right? The Apostle Paul tells us you were made to give. Right? So we can't underestimate the gravity of giving. You know, uh, a story that I've told before, or if you're coming to um, pasta with your pastor downstairs today, um, you're going to hear this again. But uh, I always tell it in that environment. But, the, uh, you know, one of the, one of, I'm from Michigan. It's where I grew up. And uh, there's these huge factories, uh, huge auto plants in Detroit and Lansing and Flint that are just abandoned. And there's this one factory, an old Packard auto plant, that is like, I mean, miles and miles long and wide. Just this huge plant that just sits abandoned now. It's turning into rubble. Like whole trees are growing where like the cafeteria for the workers used to be, right? I mean, just, just abandoned, right? And there's rubble and there's confetti everywhere. And this art studio, they took a trip into this, this factory. And they were trying to look at the graffiti. And they noticed just a little piece of graffiti, right? Just a, a little tiny piece. And it's a, it's a picture of a boy who's uh, holding a, a spray can, right? And, and he has the words above him that says, I remember when this was all trees, when I remember when this was all fields. Um, and this art studio, this nonprofit art studio, noticed this piece of painting and, and determined that it was a Banksy original. Does anyone know who Banksy is? Right? Some people are nodding. All right? Banksy is a street artist from London, and uh, he's known for his graffiti and, and tagging different things in his art like, no one knows his real identity, right? His art is worth millions. And so this, this, this little piece of art is now hanging in an art studio. It's just a little piece of graffiti compared to all the other miles of rubble and graffiti and trash and destruction and decay, right? This, now this, this little piece is hanging in an art gallery, and it's sold for, for, like, millions of dollars for charity, right? Once forgotten rubble now hangs in an art gallery. It's a, it's a masterpiece, right? And that's what God says we are. We're his masterpiece, right? We are, are, are his image bearers in this world. We reflect his character and his identity and his purposes in this world, in this outpost that he has us in of his kingdom, right? So don't underestimate the gravity of giving, right? God created you to give, and when you give, Right? Your, your life resounded with the character of God. Right? The art piece that you are, the valuable masterpiece that you are, gets a little dusting. Right? Gets a little clearer. Gets a little bit more beautiful. Right? The character of God, the God that created you, is demonstrated long right, before you even saw that opportunity to give or to serve. Right? So it's like we're a mirror. Right? Our, our actions reflect the very nature of our creator. And so real quick, let me, let me just kind of switch gears here for a minute. All right? One of the things that I love about our congregation, uh, about our church, 
our local outpost in the kingdom of God is the belief in and the act of transforming generosity. It's one of our values here at the Foundry Church. And it's not because it's just something that we wanted to put on a wall with our other values that looks good. It's not even something that we talk about all the time. It's just who we are. From the very beginning, it's who we are. Right? It's, the, it's the part of who God created us to be, right? Transforming generosity. And we hope, and our prayer is, is that when people come here and experience uh, life with us or, or do things at the church or with us in our neighborhoods, uh, they feel that transforming generosity. Generosity that transforms lives and situations, that heals marriages and, and fixes broken relationships and turn over addictions and, and all of this, right? We hope that, that that's what it's a part of. And so I'm encouraged by, by the leaders of this congregation, both now and in the past, and, and even the future leaders who take serious the trust that you place in them when you give to the church. That's a huge thing, right? right? When you make it an investment into the life of our church, right? It's a huge thing. Right? When, you, when you give money, you need to understand that every, every single penny is first being stretched for the greatest possible impact that it can generate from your gifts. Right? But more importantly, it's going to change people's lives. It really is, right? When you, when you lock eyes with a kid when they come upstairs and they're walking down the hallway who has a smile on their face as they're learning about God, that's what it's about, right? Or, or me sitting here and having the angle of, of the two little ones over here raising their hands during worship, that's what it's all about, right? When you see videos of our missionaries, right, or... or, or or people getting baptized like Deanna did in our last baptism Sunday. Right? That's what it's about. Right? It, it, it happens, yes, because people are serving and doing. But it's also because people are praying, yes. But it's also because people are giving. Right? right? There's no organization out there that is just like, here, take this financial grenade of thousands of dollars into your bank account each day. Right? It just doesn't happen, right? It's people like you. It's people like you and people like me with, with jobs who are, who are sacrificing, who are intentionally choosing for our money to go to the local church to impact lives instead of other places. So, so as we were transitioning there, I just really wanted to say two things. Right? First, I really appreciate the sacrifice that people make with every single penny and with every single dollar they give. It is not taken for granted. And second, I want you to know that your gifts are going to be used wisely and with the greatest impact that we can, we can, we can muster through the, the grace and the wisdom and the, the, the leading of our God. Right, we, we support missionaries in Panama, Jose Rodriguez, who planted Central Church Panama in Panama City, Panama, last year. <laughs> Their church is already big, uh, is like five times the size of our church already, right? 
right? Jose, we're there. We're partnering with other churches in the country to help Jose and help this church plant. Uh, you remember Al Serhal preaching a, uh, before the chaos of, of COVID with Zimbabwe, our Hippo Valley Christian Mission in Zimbabwe, Africa. Uh, that's an orphanage that we support for kids. That's a, that's a preaching university for, for ministers who mostly grew up in that orphanage and are saying, hey, teach me some of this stuff. I want to take it back to where I am in the bush and, and share that and live there and, and share the gospel, right? That's what it's going towards, right? We partner with Waypoint and, and planting churches here in the Mid-Atlantic area. Uh, churches that are, are, are reaching the 95 corridor for, for Christ, right? And we have our, our local food pantry out there that we support uh, on average uh, 75 families a, a day or a week, not a day. Uh, 75 families who are food insecure, uh, families that are a part of our, our local elementary schools here. We work with the social workers, um, and they, they let these families know that they can come, that we're not going to you know, ask them a billion questions or make them jump through a billion hoops, but we set it up like a farmer's market so they can choose what they need for their family, for their culture, um, that kind of thing. Uh, fresh meat from Target and, or, or from Giant um, and produce, and we partner with Target and Giant and the Capital Area Food Bank, all kinds of stuff going on with that, right? We have, we have our time of worship each Sunday of discipleship where we're learning the Bible, where, where we're, we're helping each other put it into play, where we encourage one another, where we uh, celebrate baptisms, where we just help each other grow in our faith, right? We say we want to forge our life on God, but, but our mission is guiding people to forge a life on God, right? So we, so we help each other, we guide each other. Right? That's why we have our meals, Right? We eat here, right? That's why we have our meals, so we can pray together. We can, we can um, uh, invest in each other. We can do as it says, right? iron sharpens iron. Right? We do these things because we want to live a life that is God-honoring, and we want to spread his mission, his purpose. We want people to know him and to love him and to forge their life on him from now and for all of eternity. And that's why we give, right? It's why, why, why we, we celebrate when people are getting baptized, why we're, we're reaching new families, why we're, we're, we're equipping growth, right? All these, these things and, and why we anchor ourselves to the truth of his word because we want his, his message of grace, of truth to be known to the ends of the world. Right, that's, I mean, that's, that's what it's about, right? And, and there's a lot of places around this world where you can give. And I get that. I really do. I get that. Well-deserving places that need our support. But, but I think one of the reasons that I love partnering with my own, with our local church here, right, through giving of tithes and offerings is, is that I can see where the money is impacting lives, where it's going, Right? The, the, the names of those who accepted Christ for the first time. The kids that are learning more and more and share those lessons with us. The, uh, the families that we serve. The missionaries that we support. We can see that. We can be a part of that. And that's why I like giving to the local church. I can see where the money is impacting lives, both here and around the world. And so I know that a lot of churches uh, don't say this a lot. They don't say thank you. And I want to say thank you. Thank you, guys. Right? Thank you for giving. Right? I, don't want, I don't want that to be us. We're, we're grateful that we can partner together, that we can come together as the local church here in Burke. 
and, and do what the Lord has placed in front of us to do. It's changing lives. It is generosity that transforms, so thank you. And what we're going to do, we're going to end our service a little bit differently. What I want you to do is I want every family to come up here and to grab one of these. Uh, these we were actually going to give to you guys at the, uh, later on in December, like right before Christmas. It's just a little gift from uh, Christina and I that we got for every family. And so if you're watching online, you're not here this Sunday, they'll be up here for the next couple of weeks. But we want every family to take one, just a little gift, um, a way of us saying thank you to you guys for letting us be your pastors for this year and, and guiding and helping each other. Just a, a little thank you. And I know that a lot of, we're doing it now because a lot of you guys are weird and you've decorated already for Christmas, <laughs> right? Right, you've already decorated for Christmas, and, or you're going to be doing that, like, you know, the minute that you're done eating some turkey on Thursday. And so it's just a little, a little ornament that we have for you, uh, one for every family. So grab one of these just as a way of, of, of our church saying thank you to you guys and um, your partnership uh, in, in giving and serving and, and being a part of, of this church together, right? It's not one or two people. It's not me. It's not the elders. It's just... It's just it's all of us being the hands and the feet of Jesus. All right, so, so what I want you to do is I want you to come up. I want you to grab one of these, and then we're going to just make a circle. Don't worry. We're not going to get weird and hold hands, all right? <laughs> all right? All right? I want you to come up, grab one of these, and with your family, kind of make a circle. The band's going to be up here on stage, so they'll be a part of the circle. Don't forget about Evie in the booth, right? Make her a part of the circle back there. The kids are coming in, so kids, go ahead and find your families. It's a tornado back there. All right. All right, so come on up. The band, guys, come up here on stage. Uh, be a part of the circle. Grab one of these for your family. Make a circle. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray together. That's just how we're going to end today.